Good morning. Great to see everyone this beautiful Lord's Day morning. Thank you for being part of our worship time together. We hope you're making your plans to return to us at 1.30 this afternoon for another uh, worship time together. And then again on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for our midweek Bible study. As always, we have visitors among us, and we're thankful for you. We invite you back and hope that you'll stick around, let us get to know you, meet you, and, and, and know that you're always welcome here. One announcement I wanted to make, um, a friend, of, personal friend of mine and Shannon's, and, and those of you who've been to Nicaragua, uh, he's a member of the Eastridge Church, Randall Webb, is scheduled for open heart surgery coming up in the next couple weeks, and we want to remember Randall uh, during that time. So if you could add him to your prayer list, we would much appreciate that as well. The lesson I've selected this morning um, is a new one to me. I just uh, thought of this recently and put, this, put some thoughts together. I hope you'll find benefit from it. It's not necessarily meant to be humorous, but there are some hopefully humorous points in there that help us to remember and make application of some of these things. Entitled, Declutter Your Life. If you have a, a portion on your bulletin there, if you'd like to take some notes, that'd be wonderful. If you uh, find something particularly interesting that you'd like to follow up on, if you have any questions concerning this lesson from me, I'd be happy to discuss those as well. In this country, we have a clutter problem. I don't know how well that shows up on the screen, but that's a, a picture of someone's inside of someone's garage. I think you can, we can all somehow relate to that. We have a clutter problem in this country. Some st interesting statistics that bear this out. Almost 10% of American households rent at least one storage unit. Two-thirds of those who pay for storage live in a house with a garage. 52% of sto storage customers rent for more than one year. There are more than 50,000 self-storage facilities in the United States, more than McDonald's and Starbucks combined. The average storage, storage unit rents for about $100 a month. $38 billion, we're told, is spent annually in this country on storage. The median single-family home is 2,355 square feet. Incidentally, in 1950, that number was 983 square feet. 1970, it had grown to 1,500 square feet. 80% of the items that people store are never used. Retail sales of home organization products, you know, all the containers and all those kind of things, reached nearly $20 billion. That's billion with a B last year. 54% of Americans are overwhelmed by the amount of clutter they have, but 78% say they know, have no idea what to do about it. Americans collectively spent $2.7 billion every year replacing items they can't find. Some of this gets close to home. Not only does it stress us out physically and financially? People who sleep in cluttered rooms are more likely to have sleeping problems. When 
in cluttered spaces, people are more likely to make poor eating choices. Those with extremely cluttered homes are 77% more likely to be overweight. If you're like me and most Americans, you have a clutter problem. This cartoon here gets kind of personal to me. I don't know if you can see it or not. It's a man, an older man and a younger man standing in front of a packed garage. It says, one day, son, all this will be yours. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. My wonderful wife recently read a book entitled Decluttering at the Speed of Life by Dana K. White. It's one of hundreds of books, I'm sure, on this particular subject that deal with the matter of clutter. After her gentle urging, I read the book as well. It was the inspiration for this letter, or this lesson. You know, as preachers and teachers, we're, often, we're always looking for new material, and I couldn't help but thinking as I was reading this book, there's a lesson in there somewhere. Up to this point, I've talked about clutter in terms of physical, material, tangible things in our life. But I would submit for our thinking that we have non-material, intangible clutter in our lives as children of God that needs to be dealt with too. That's the point of this lesson. Point number one, let's consider for a moment the why. Why do we need to address or talk about these kind of things? Just like our homes and our physical spaces, they can collect clutter, so can our hearts and minds. We can become so filled with random stuff that we lose track of what matters most. Those jam-packed closets and stuffed junk drawers seem to call out to us to organize them. All that clutter can stress us out, can it? The same process can happen in our spiritual lives. We need to deal with clutter in our lives. It needs to be dealt with, and that's the point of this lesson. Spiritual clutter is anything that comes between you and your relationship with Jesus. You know, we can build up spiritual clutter oftentimes until the only places left for God are the little nooks and crannies in between it all. Your mind can be cluttered with excessive social media, news, Netflix, or screen time. Also, juggling busy schedules can lead us to miss out on what God has planned for us. We can get distracted from our relationship with Jesus by getting caught up in our own wants and needs. It's easy to leave our sin habits in that stuffed junk drawer Resentment, bitterness, pride, anger. We all have behaviors that come between us and God. What emotional clutter are you stuffing into your spiritual closet? Fear, anxiety, worry, guilt, and shame. All these things can take over your thoughts and squeeze out the joy, the peace, 
and contented spirit that God wants us to have. I want to stop here for just a moment and give a disclaimer. I am not in any form or fashion talking about mental conditions that are known to exist and that often require clinical remedies. I am not trained in behavioral matters or in any way qualified to discuss these issues. I am aware that they exist. Many people we know and love struggle with those things. I would encourage anyone suffering from mental illness to seek proper care. I'm going to give a plug here real quickly for the Greater Chattanooga Christian Counseling or Christian Center. A friend of ours, Steve Grubb, just recently took over the helm of that organization. We support here from our treasury. Uh, send them monthly um, contribution for their services. Very good Christian counseling services for those of you who are familiar with that or may need that in the future. Please reach out to them, and I know you'll be able to get some help there. I am talking, though, about clutter that may be keeping you from seeing and experiencing God's power to work in your life. Point number two, letting go of everything that we do not need. Baggage, guilt, bad decisions, regret, worry, fear. It's true that our past is part of who we are, but it doesn't have to be our future. I heard a preacher say a number of years ago something that stuck with me. He said, your past can be your monster or your mission. Your monster or your mission. We are in control of how we deal with that. God expects us to learn from our past and, and use those lessons to help others. I can't help but not think about the Apostle Paul back when he was Saul of Tarsus. The Bible records some of the evil things that he did, engaged in, persecuting the church, persecuting Christians, consenting to their death. We see him there first in Acts, early chapters of Acts when he was holding the coats of those who were stoning Stephen. You know, I, I would be willing to venture to say that there was not a day in Paul's life after, that, after he became a Christian, he learned the truth, that he didn't think about those things. We're just human, aren't we? We can't oftentimes forget our past and things that we've done in the past, but yet we can know that we're forgiven of those things and we can move forward not letting those things handicap us, not letting those things define us, but using those things to learn and to teach other people. If fear, hatred, anger, anxiety, unbelief, rejection, etc. are all things that fill your life, where is there room for God and his promises for your future? John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus is talking about their contrast between himself and the devil. And he talks about how the devil wants to destroy. He wants to tear down. He wants to... Uh, do all the things that are against us. But in contrast, Jesus says, John 10, 10, said, I came so that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. He's not talking about physical blessings necessarily. He's talking about quality of life, life that we can enjoy, life that we can be successful in living and working and serving him. That's the offer that he makes to us that abundant life that we can all as Christians have. You know, God is about newness, 
starting fresh in his mercy and grace. I appreciate Brian singing those songs this morning about grace. We didn't have that planned, incidentally, but it worked out well. You can't reach for anything new if your hands are still full of yesterday's junk. You have to let it go. I'm reminded of what the Hebrew writer would say in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Set aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares or besets us. Those things that would seek to, to get us off course. Those things that would keep our eye off the goal of serving God. Let those things go. Let's get to the practical part of our lesson. Let's talk for a moment about the how. We talked about the why. Let's talk about the how. Some practical steps for decluttering your spiritual life. Study God's word and pray is number one. Include God in the process. You know, I think this would solve a lot of our problems, wouldn't it? If we would read God's word more, study God's word, and pray. Look at Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. This is a familiar passage, one of my favorite passages. You know, the, the Philippian letter from, inspired from Paul is what we oftentimes call the love letter to the church. But it gives us some things here that we can apply in our lives, some practical things that will help us. Verse 6, beginning, Ephesians, or excuse me, Philippians 4, verse 6. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. We've talked about this before. That word guard there is a military term. Think about those in the military who have guard duty, standing guard, while others sleep, they're watching. Same idea there. Verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are lovely, things that are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. That's Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. So we, the point number one under the how is to study God's word and pray. Point number two, get rid of the trash. This is step one in Dana White's book, by, by the way, that we talked about. And if we're being honest with ourselves, this is the most glaring and obvious place to start. That involves oftentimes getting or stopping the negative self-talk. You ever negative self-talk yourself? I think we've all tried that from time to time. Stop comparing yourself with others. You know, social media has given us this avenue or this venue to where we can compare ourselves with everybody. And you know something? Most of the time we're going to come up short because people are not always truthful in those in those environments. So stop comparing yourself to others. Thirdly, under getting rid of the trash, stop holding a grudge or ill will against a brother or sister. Those things, nothing good comes out of grudges. We shouldn't keep those things. Point number three in how, the how, practical steps for decluttering your spiritual life, 
unpack your clutter. You know, in, in, when we get ready to declutter a space in our home, we have to drag out all the stuff and lay it out. We have to decide what spiritual closet you want to declutter and sort through it all. Ask yourself these questions. What activity or practice feeds your spiritual growth? And what distracts you from living the life God has prescribed for you? Bringing God the glory should be our motivation in all that we choose to, to or not to do. Take your time. It's a process. If you get sidelined trying to declutter your life today, press pause. Start again tomorrow. It's a process. Fourthly, organize the good stuff. Back to point number one under the how, reading and studying and praying. Let God's word help guide you to determine what the good stuff is. Decide what needs to be priority in your spiritual life. Incorporate those things back into your life thoughtfully and prayerfully. don't know if you can tell by this picture or not. This is that garage that we looked at earlier in a cluttered state, in an organized state, or a decluttered state. I don't know about you, but when I've taken the effort to declutter a space in or around my home, doesn't it make you feel a lot better about that situation? Doesn't it make you glad that you took the effort to declutter? We'll all admit that those that have, who have tried it, the process may take some time and hard work. But I, after it's over, I, I so much more appreciate being able to find what I want to find. I'm not spending my life looking for something there. I feel less stressed and more organized. I find I have more time to, for what's important in life. Likewise, decluttering your spiritual life has some awesome benefits as well. When you clean out the unforgiveness, the impatience, the anxiety and worry, you are not only more available to his plans, but you are strengthened by his peace. Hoarding old sinful habits keep us from growing in our faith. We weren't made to live in the guilt and frustration of sin. God doesn't want us to live that way. He has given us everything in his power that we don't have to do that. Decluttering means less space for negative thoughts, that pesky emotional baggage, and behaviors. You can focus on your unique God-given image, talents, and strength as he leads. God wants us to be contented and satisfied and live satisfied lives. When we declutter our spiritual life, we can fully focus on him. As we bring this lesson to a close, I hope, again, some of these practical thoughts resonate with you. Maybe there's something in there that you can take and use in your life this week. Maybe there's some clutter that's keeping you from being all that you can be in service to God and to your fellow man. We always take this opportunity when we're together, knowing that there's a, this group of this size may be a spiritual need here that people can avail themselves of. 
It all starts from being a Christian. God's word has not left us alone in regard to that. He gives us all that we need that pertains to those things. Hear the word of God. Believe the word. Repent. Confess. Be baptized for the remission of sins. Christ will add you to his church. You can begin on that path to heaven. Wash free of your sins through the blood of Christ. Looking forward to eternity in heaven with him. It could be that you're here as a Christian. Maybe you've allowed sin to clutter your life. If that's public in nature, it needs to be dealt with that way. Pray for that God will forgive you and confess those things. He's faithful and just to do just that. Also, as a Christian, there's a way that God expects us to live. Revelation 2.10, Jesus said, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Are you promoting faithful living in your life? Are you an example to others that you come in contact with? I, I pray that you are. If you need the strength of this congregation, if it's anything you need in becoming a Christian or to be restored to that relationship with him, would you come as we stand, as we sing?